0: Stand by for the Terry Saul Show. Five. Roll
1: tape. Four.
0: cue Terry. Three. Bring Audio up. Two. Stand by one. Play intro.
2: Stay tuned for the Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, featuring Luley's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. Well, good morning, and welcome to the Terry Saul Show,
3: Salem's original radio station, KSLM AM and FM. I am your host, and Amanda Smith is joining us this morning. Good morning, Amanda.
1: Good morning, Terry. How are you?
3: I'm doing okay. We have a special guest in the studio today. It's going to be a fun show.
1: We do. We do.
3: You want to introduce him?
1: Yes. So we have Paul Moore here. Good morning, Paul. How are you?
3: I'm great. Good morning. It's an honor to be here.
1: Yes. And so you are running for the constitutional sheriff position. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. Okay, what is a constitutional sheriff? Compared to a regular sheriff?
0: Well, uh, a constitutional sheriff is like any other sheriff. They swear an oath on the Constitution to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. But they, uh, they don't just talk the talk. They walk the walk. In other words, they will stand up against any unconstitutional thing, stand up for the rights of the citizens in their county. Such as? Well, a good example is we, we have a lot uh, swirling around in the state of Oregon regarding uh, uh, Second Amendment rights and gun rights. And those are just some examples we'll probably get into at some point. But uh, the sheriff can stand up against any infringement of those rights. And I was intended in looking up the official definition of infringement so I could quote that. And I didn't do that. But clearly, anything that, that stands in the way of a person's ability to own a gun, a lawful citizen is an infringement of those rights and is not constitutional. So standing up against that would make a sheriff a constitutional sheriff.
3: Okay, so if you run for sheriff for Marion County, your only legal obligation is for Marion County, correct? Yes.
0: Yes. You're you're defined by Oregon statute as uh, the conservative of the peace and chief executive officer in the county. So my authority would be, in fact, in Marion County.
3: What is? What's your background? You used to be a police officer, didn't you?
0: Yes. I have uh, about 13 years in law enforcement. Uh, I'm a United States Marine. I did that for six years. I was Thank a Marine. You for your service. Oh, you yeah. bet. It's an honor. Uh, I was a Marine security guard and came back to uh, Eugene, Oregon, that I love dearly. My my uh, city of birth. And I became a deputy sheriff in uh, the Lane County Sheriff's Office, worked in corrections and law enforcement. And then in 1988, became an Oregon State Trooper and did that through 97 and then worked in the corporate world and started some businesses and have also done private security. Why did you get out of police work? It was uh, it, it's, it's kind of a long story, but I had an opportunity to go to work for Brinks as their general manager in Oregon. And it was a great opportunity and opened a lot of doors. And uh, so I did that and was promoted and ended up going to Texas and becoming uh, a national sales trainer. And so I did that and opened up some businesses. And it just gave me a lot of opportunities and paid a little bit more than the state police paid. And there are some other reasons, too. The biggest thing was um, I was kind of a, an individual that had no problem doing other things. And a lot of people would never consider doing that. But I've often wondered if that was the right move.
3: Why? Why do you wonder that?
0: Well, because I missed law enforcement. I was very good at what I did, and I found it's a home... your blood, doesn't it? It, 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 <laughs> it definitely does. You hear those sirens, and you wonder where they're going. And you <laughs>
3: What's the saying, once a cop, always a cop?
0: Well, something like that. I think once a Marine, always a Marine, there and then the cop is someplace in there. But, uh, you know, uh, law enforcement is a career. Uh, Marine is, is the sum total of who you are, in my opinion. So that, that will never wash
3: off. And you're now running for undershare. We're a little bit safer than it was when you were on patrol. Well, I I I think it is uh, certainly not safer politically.
2: Right. But,
0: uh, yeah, um, an old guy like me, uh, I don't think I want to be chasing down uh, perps in the street and stuff like that. Leave that to the young people. But uh, it, it's it's certainly uh, a, definitely an administrative position and uh, a position where you can make a huge difference in the county.
3: You're running in an election. Did you give much thought to that, that you're actually going to be in an election? There's going to be some mudslinging going back and forth. It's not going to be a to walk in the park?
0: Well, it certainly won't be a, a walk in the park. And I think every candidate arrives at a decision to run for office with a certain level of trepidation. And I think with me, uh, I you know I weighed off the, uh, the negatives and the positives and decided that that's what I wanted to do. It's a good fit for who I am and my experiences. And so I decided I was going to jump in with both feet and swim like hell because there's going to be gators nipping at my heels. But You know, the the prize is on the other side. If I can get there, I think I can do amazing things for this county. And since Marion County, as most folks realize, is the home of Salem, and Salem's our state capital, that it's strategic. And I think that Mm -hmm. a constitutional sheriff standing up for the rights of the people in Salem, in, in Marion County, will affect other sheriffs around the state. And there's nothing that the government can throw at anybody or anything that a sheriff can't stand up for on the Constitution, and, and and I love the 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 definition in Oregon law of a sheriff is chief executive officer in the county and conservator of the peace. And I love how those two things dovetail, because not only are you the chief, the, they say the president of the county, if you will, but you're also conservator of the peace. So those things have to work in concert, because at the core of who we are as Americans, I believe we're loving, caring people. We always root for the underdog and uh, so the sheriff is supposed to support the people in the county Um, a good example that is kind of know your authority well and use it wisely just because somebody's speeding they don't always need a ticket sometimes a warning will suffice to get the job done and so it's understanding there's a human element to everything that happens in life including law enforcement and certainly people need to be held accountable but a sheriff should use great discretion and should uh, create a culture in their department where they do the same thing and a sheriff should also understand that the sheriff actually works for the people, not the other way around. Yeah. And that's, that would be a great message for everybody in our government, particularly in the state of Oregon, where we've seen so much government overreach. And the sheriff can also protect the citizens of the county against those kind of things.
3: Do the, does the current sheriff, is he going to be running
0: against you? I believe that uh, the current sheriff will be running against me. I've heard rumors that he might retire. I, I, I w- if I was a betting man, I'd say he's running against me.
3: Okay. And how long is your term? Term is four years. Okay. What do you if you you get in and make it? What are your plans after four years? you gonna try again? Or you gonna, hey, this was just a pain in the rear, and uh...
0: well, we'll we'll have to see how that shakes out. I I, I think if I make a commitment for four years, that's uh, that's far enough out there that I can reevaluate. I I would think probably two terms would be more to my liking. But, uh, you know, I'm 60, so two terms puts me at 68. So that's getting to the point where I have to start thinking about, well, you know, what's wh- what do I want to do in my life? Do I want to retire? Uh, what What is there now, for me?
3: I'm 67, so don't say 68's old. <laughs> well, are that pretty quick. Pushing so, buttons. You're absolutely right that I guess age is
0: all about perspective. There
3: you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, there you go. Whatever helps you sleep at night, Terry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this little, she's not even 22 yet, so. We are working on that one there.
0: Right. I think my boots are actually older than Amanda.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I have a question. So what was it that you, that what was your moment where you were like, you know what, I'm going to run. I'm going to, I want to do this. This is where my heart's at. What turned you that direction?
0: Well, I had a little bit of a break. Uh, I started working security for uh, a gentleman that was running for governor and he announced and had asked me if I would do that and and be his assistant. So I was doing that for a period of time and uh, there were some issues with the campaign. Campaign and I just didn't align with those things. And so I basically was, I had about a week off and uh, this gentleman ended up dropping out of the gubernatorial race. And it didn't take long before I was picked up by Mark Thielman's campaign. So I guess I was kind of a political orphan for just about a week. Right. And so I started thinking what I could really do to make a difference. Uh, being out with for a few months with the, the first candidate, I started to see a lot of the issues in the state of Oregon from a different perspective. mm mm-hmm. And I just couldn't escape the thought that a constitutional sheriff that stands up for the people in the county can make a huge difference. And then I thought, well, what if every sheriff in our 36 counties in the state were constitutionally minded and they would stand up and do what's right, not necessarily what's politically expedient? And and that's a huge check and balance against an overreaching government and also keeping the peace. And so I thought about those things and I said, well, you know, I, I think this is something that I can do and I'd be very good at. And so I thought about it for uh, a few days and just decided that's what I was going to do. And uh, so, like I said, there's there's always a level of trepidation when you're doing something like that. And there's a tax, and they have come, and they'll come uh, again. All things on balance, I think, uh, when I become the next sheriff, that the people in the county will be very glad that I am. And I jokingly tell people, if you have property in Marion County, don't sell it. Hold on to it because your value is going to go through the roof when I become <laughs> sheriff. <laughs> Hope springs eternal.
3: Why, why, the, why the word constitutional? Um, that The first time I met you, we did an interview several weeks ago. That threw me then, and it still throws me now. Why, the, why are you using that word? Well, I think
0: the reason that we put that in the title, I could simply say, you know, Paul Moore for Marion County Sheriff or Paul right. Moore for Sheriff. Right. But the reason we put constitutional in there is I want to be very clear with folks when I'm running that I believe the biggest job of a sheriff is to uphold the Constitution and people's rights. Without that foundation, we really have nowhere to go. And so it's so important to me and it's so integrated in the way I believe and how I feel about things. I think that the constitutional thing needs to be there.
1: Let's people know where you stand and where your morals are.
3: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't asked you yet. What's, what's your family? Are you daddy, grandpa? What are. If you say you're too young to be a grandpa, we're going to have issues. Well, I'd love to be a grandfather, but you'll have to talk to my
0: son about that. <laughs> I have one son, and I think he's 35. Uh, uh, he is a tattoo artist in Portland. And my wife, Tammy, uh, we've been married for 20 years, and she's an artist and uh, was a, a phenomenal athlete in her day. She was had a ride Scholarship to Oregon State as a high jumper. Wow. Oh. And uh, and I'm so proud of her. And she, she is the... Uh, the glue that holds everything together in my life. And she's a um, just a wonderful person. And I'm blessed to have her in my life.
3: What was her reaction when you said, you know, I'm thinking of running for a sheriff. Could be a new sheriff in town. What was her reaction? Well, I
0: think she kind of, uh, yeah. Here we go again with one of these ideas, <laughs> and then I think she's warmed up to it. We've we've gotten great support and reception from people, and uh, we recently had our campaign kickoff. It, it was we had about two hundred and fifty people, and it was just an enjoyable time. We had it over at the honky tonk here in Salem, it, and just seeing the, the the reception that we got and the encouragement from people, I think folks are starting to understand that the sheriff can make a difference. And how the sheriff can make a difference. So that's the message that we have. And we put out there. People are looking for answers. They're looking. They they're looking for leadership. They want people that can sustain the lifestyle that we all enjoy right now.
1: Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize what a sheriff power that a sheriff has or can have um, because of what we've seen with everything else around town no i think uh, that's that
0: that's a correct assessment of what what's going on people don't understand and and sadly i don't think a lot of the sheriffs understand either
3: right yeah Why is that
0: well uh, it, it we could get into a long discussion i think <laughs> that uh, that largely the the authority of the county sheriff and ha- has been abdicated to a state organization that controls certification and training And it it just shouldn't be that way. That's not constitutional. Full authority uh, should rest with the county sheriff. And, and and most sheriffs are career law enforcement people, and this is the environment they've been in. That's where they were hired and what they knew as they went up through the ranks, and it's just the way things are. But just because that's the way things are and have been for many years, that doesn't mean that it's right. Uh, full authority for all of these things should rest on the shoulders of the county sheriff. That's constitutional and, and, and in accordance with Oregon law.
1: And I think with being the state capital, when you take over, it'll really set an example for the other county sheriffs to see like, okay, he's doing this. We can do this. We have a backbone to stand behind now.
0: Oh, I believe that's true. And and there's going to be battles. There's going to be lawsuits. There'll be fights and 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 skirmishes and whatnot. But it takes one person standing up. And I think a lot of the things we see that are negative in in our state are a direct result of good people just not standing up. We're all busy with our lives. And yeah. when we don't stand up, that void is filled by people that have nefarious uh, uh, intents or, uh, you know, they're serving themselves and not the not community. And and when I speak of the, the political scene, so a sheriff standing up can make a huge difference. And we've seen that across the nation when sheriffs take stands, what positive things happen.
3: You speak around all over the state of Oregon, don't you? Yes, I do. So you're talking with other potential sheriff nominees, or, or who are you who are you, who's your audience? Of, of course, the people in the county,
0: um, in Marion County, and I have spoken all over the state uh, to other sheriffs and sheriff candidates, and we talk about these issues. I'm, I'm very involved with the CSPOA and am very proud to what, say what I, is that Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association? Okay, uh, that was founded by a gentleman who is a uh, an era, former Arizona sheriff, Richard Mack. Very proud to have his uh, his endorsement also. And so, um, you know, we, we are working on carrying on his message nationally in Oregon about the, the authority of a constitutional sheriff.
3: We are going to take a short break. When we come back more with today's special guest, Paul Moore, who is running for the constitutional sheriff of Marion County, Terry Saul and Amanda will be back in just a minute. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lulee Group, Lulee's Car Connection, Don Lulee Homes and Teresa
2: Lulee, State Farm Insurance. More in just a moment. Stick around. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM, AM, and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group. We're back in five, four, Q Terry, two, one, you're on. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM, AM, and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group.
3: Welcome back to The Terry Saul Weekend Show. Amanda is hanging out with us. We are talking with Paul Moore, who is running for the constitutional sheriff of Marion County. And I've got lots of questions for you, sir. What uh, What is DPSST?
0: It's Department of Public Safety Standards and Training. It's it's a regulatory board or agency that certifies all law enforcement agents in the state of Oregon. Uh, also, they do the training and uh, set the standards for certification.
3: Okay, and how are those standards step, set by the governor?
0: Well, they're not set by the governor, but the governor clearly appoints a board of bureaucrats, not elected, appointed people that are in control of that organization that sets the Here standards. It comes. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And so, uh, in my humble opinion, uh, by the Constitution, uh, state and federal, as well as Oregon law, that is a, uh, that is a job for the county sheriff. And I think sheriffs that uh, don't stand up against that abdicate their authority to this unconstitutional organization. And I think that the organization on its face is unconstitutional because they have usurped the authority that rightly belongs to the county sheriff.
3: Okay, so can the county sheriff, can his certification be pulled? Yes, it can, and there's been a couple
0: instances in Who does Oregon. That? Well, the, the uh, this same agency, uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, they they would find cause to say that the sheriff uh, maybe didn't have the. There was one instance where a sheriff uh, didn't pass an exam that was required to maintain his certification and then stepped down because they pulled his certification. And Oregon law does say that you have to have a certification to be a law enforcement officer. Now, uh, what is required of a sheriff candidate or a sheriff incumbent that is running is you have to submit paperwork to this outfit, and they evaluate everything. They look at your background, your history, your training, uh, education, all, all of these aspects, uh, um, And they determine, they determine if they feel that you're qualified to run for sheriff. If they make a determination you are, then they contact the county clerk and say you can put him on the ballot, him or her on the ballot. So they're making a determination as if you can even run for sheriff. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is because um, let's say you have somebody that has a criminal record going back years and maybe they got a GED. Or they don't even have a high school education, but this is a prominent person in the community, and they're well-suited for this kind of a job. And the people say, we want that to be our next sheriff, and they duly elect that person. I don't think any board that's governed by uh, bureaucrats appointed by the governor has constitutional authority to tell that person or the people of that county that voted for that person that they can't be sheriff. Now, I understand from a uh, practical, most people would look at it from a practical point of view and say, well, it's good to have standards. You know, we need to have standards because we don't want someone getting in there in the sheriff's position that is maybe uneducated or, you know, I, I, I can understand those arguments. But at the end of the day, uh, sheriff is an elected position. And when you talk about elected or appointed, there's a huge differentiation there. Chiefs of police are appointed. Sheriffs are elected. And the people have a right to put a sheriff in a position and say that is our choice, that is what we want. They also have a right to remove that person if they're not doing their job. They can recall that person or they can simply not vote for them or vote somebody else in. But sticking the government in between is is not appropriate. Another thing that happens, particularly in Marion County, is all too often the sheriff is appointed and not elected. And this happens when the incumbent steps down early. Because they step down early, the county commissioners will make an appointment. They appoint somebody. Now this person becomes the sheriff, they become the incumbent, and they enjoy all the momentum and, and all the advantage of being the incumbent when they were never elected by the people. So in essence, what's happening is now we have... Three or four people that are county commissioners are making an appointment, and they have much more authority or say in what happens than all the voters do. And I don't believe that's constitutional.
3: That's a crock. All yeah, the way. I, I, it's just I believe not fair. it is. And,
0: and I would go a step further. And, and I have to say this it's my disclaimer. Anybody that puts on a gun and a badge and they serve their community in law enforcement and they do that for a career, they're heroes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to badmouth any sheriff, in, in, including anybody I might run against. But sometimes I believe, say it the way it is. And I think if a sheriff steps down early, minus maybe a health, severe health issue or something like that, where they can't serve, I think they're turncoats. I think you make a contract with the people when you're elected that you're going to serve your term. And you should serve it if there's any way you can. You certainly don't step down so you can get somebody appointed that you want. That's not appropriate. You know, it might upset some people, but that's the way I believe. Are you certified?
3: Are you still certified? I am not
0: currently certified because I'm not employed with a law enforcement agency. And when I left the Oregon State Police... I think there's a 24-month buffer if you don't do your training or whatever that they pull your certifications. So I, my certifications have lapsed, but I have contacted this same organization, this DPSST, and they have informed me that I'm, I'm eligible to be certified. I have to go through a police academy and, uh, after being elected.
3: So what you're saying is that if, if they don't like you, you're not eligible, are you?
0: Well, they make that determination, and they're I'm sure they're
3: not going to say it that clearly. Well, sure. But if they don't like you, they're not going to endure it. They're they don't gonna, have to. No.
0: Well, I they I'm sure they have uh, some standards set up and some criteria that that uh, that they use to say, well, if you meet these certain criteria, then you're eligible. And I think they okay. they the the boots on the ground there. They probably try to be. Uh, reasonable and fair. I don't think there's necessarily nefarious intent, okay. but at the end of the day, they shouldn't be making that call,
3: I don't believe. It seems bizarre, doesn't mm, it? It does. It seems totally, totally bizarre that they can control whether you're eligible or not. Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, if they go by the guidelines, then I guess that makes it a little bit fair, but still.
3: Well, that that's true, and it, it makes it more
0: reasonable, but also, they set the guidelines.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And that's a problem. And the other thing is every county's different, and I don't think one size fits all. And the sheriff in Marion County's got different concerns than the sheriff out in Baker County.
1: Absolutely. So
0: a sheriff should be able to dictate what happens in his or her county to benefit the people. And 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 you take all that away when you have one organization that's that's making the rules. We're gonna take
3: a short break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about a posse. And you're in favor of a posse correct very much so yes Okay. and a posse could be one two three or a thousand people yes all right we come back we talk that we're gonna take a short break today's special guest is paul moore who's running for the constitutional sheriff marion county amanda smith is hanging out with us back in just a minute stick around we're just getting warmed up hey this is terry saul saltissimo are you in the market for a new car well if so I encourage you to do what I do. Head down to Lulez Car Connection. Lulez has been selling quality vehicles for over 30 years. Lulez brokers any new vehicle selling within dealer invoice. Check this out. Lulez has financing with most major lenders and credit unions. So do what I do. Stop by Lulez Car Connection located at 2055 Mission Street in Salem and tell them Saltissimo sent you. Lulez Car Connection.
2: We're back in five, four, Q Terry, two, one, you're on. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM, AM, and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group.
3: Hey, this is Terry Saul, Saltissimo. You know, when it comes time to move into a new home, it's time to consider Don Lule Homes. The Lule difference is simply setting the bar for quality service in Salem. Find out today about custom built new homes. Don Lule Homes offers open floor plans, quality craftsmanship, and over 50 years of excellent experience in new construction. Beautiful homes are coming soon call today and ask for erica at 503-428-6992 don Lule homes we are back this is the terry saw weekend show salem's original radio station kslm am and fm i am your host amanda smith is hanging out with us and we are talking with paul moore who is running for the constitutional sheriff of marion county Last time you were here and we talked a little bit about a posse, what's uh, what's that all about?
0: Well, a posse is a, a volunteer group of, of individuals that take on different, different functions or responsibilities. I, I believe a good posse does a lot of things. There's a lot of upside to it, certainly when you have budgetary problems, which every sheriff faces. And uh, you know, not not at the fault. I don't want to besmirge the county commissioners that hold the purse strings because they have issues too with with allocation of funds, and it's it's not an easy job. Uh, sheriffs are commonly saying, you know, well, I, I I can't do anything. We just don't have the resources. We don't have the funds or the manpower. Well, that's where uh, a posse can can step in and and kind of bridge those gaps. And I personally believe, from talking to people in Marion County and other places in the state, that there's more than enough people that would be willing to step forward and do a job or do a function if they're just organized properly and they have the training. My idea is to have quite a few posse members uh, when I become sheriff that can step in if something happens. Let's say there's fires like we've been experiencing. You know, there's probably a certain number of people that could step up and say they're part of the sheriff's posse and they're trained in that area that could step up and do things that would be very helpful in situations like that. Rioting is another situation and it's by statute, something specifically that a sheriff is supposed to circumvent. Uh, I can't tell you how many instances where I've seen Antifa harassing businesses and harassing organizations, and law enforcement is nowhere to be found. They, They refuse to respond. They might sit four or five blocks away and watch and make sure nothing major happens, why they just throw it back into the hands of the business owner or the people that take care of those issues.
3: Is that what happened uh, up in Portland? Yes. That the the sheriff's office, um, I'm assuming that would be Multnomah County? Yeah, Multnomah County. Okay, and they just, did they order their people to stay back or just... Guys and, gals I, I and I'm not going in
0: there. It, it, it's hard to tell, but I don't think the sheriff had too much involvement in the whole situation. Most of it, I think, was pretty much at, at one point to Oregon State Police. And then, you know, with the federal building, there were federal officers protecting that. And most of it was Portland Police Bureau. You know, Chief Lavelle was recently at a uh, a meeting of the, the, the city council where he was He's constantly saying, I don't have funds, I don't have resources. And uh, Joanne Hardesty uh, w- was very uh, n- nasty to him and said, you know, I, I, it, it just doesn't uh, doesn't make me feel good when you keep talking about what you don't have. And Ted Wheeler was there, and he, he also was using profanity and, and said that um, the chief needed to quit talking about all the stuff he didn't have and took the tack that, you know, that was prompting more crime because people now realize that they don't have resources and things. And he said, well, we just need to find a creative way to deal with this issue. Mm. Well, I don't know if there's a creative way when you won't give your chief of police adequate funds to run a department. Exactly. You know, but you're willing to spend millions of dollars to have private security to protect a sewage treatment plant in Portland. So, you uh, know, I, I, I just can't wrap my mind around these things. You have to have, uh, you have to support your law enforcement. And, and you know, and, and these are the same people that were, you know, their 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 common cry was uh, defund the police. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of changed. And if you go down to the, the Multnomah County Courthouse, it's, it's all surrounded with plywood to protect it from being vandalized. And there's a, a shop for the Portland Police Bureau across the street where they maintenance vehicles and stuff. And as the police pull out of that shop and they're looking straight at the courthouse, it says defund hate in big black letters. Defund hate. I don't know that we ever funded hate. Right. And now they're saying defund hate, and this is written right on the side of the courthouse on this plywood, so the police can see it when they pull out. Well, I think that's just code for defund the police, and so we got to stand up against these things. And the sheriff is the right person to do that. I keep coming back to that, but I I, I have to ask where where is the uh, where or where was we have a new sheriff in Multnomah County now, but where was the the county sheriff when this stuff was going? I don't think they were present, and I think it was kind of like, well, it's the city's problem, it's not my problem. Well, if the city's in your county, Mister sheriff it is your problem right and so it's accountability issues and and uh, again that 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 played into that whole thing 100 consecutive days of rioting and they just went crazy and they tore down what used to be a very very decent city and it's still tore down and it will ever recover
1: i refuse to go there anymore
0: yeah, it's, there's, it's there's, not safe. It's, it's not really safe. not. And, you know, so there's many issues, but there's not one issue we could talk about that we see commonly in Oregon where the sheriff
3: couldn't make a difference if they would just do it. So you're getting back to the posse then. If, if you become when you become sheriff. Uh, are you going to establish a posse? Yes. Uh, you
0: can already go to my website and, and, and join Paul's Posse. Uh, no doubt a lot of those names will, will, will reconnect with those folks and see what they want to do, how they want to serve. And, and yeah, uh, my, my goal is to build a posse 10,000 strong. Wow. And, you know, that might be uh, be kind of a high high watermark, but uh, if we could do that and we can bridge that gap, imagine the resources that we would have to use.
1: I was just going to say, so, like, f- it's football season, so it would kind of be like a posse would be like a football team where you got your offense, your defense, you've got all your different positions where they help, and it's a team.
0: Exactly. And, and you
1: guys work together and make it.
0: I, I could probably do a, a, a whole one-hour radio show just on that and talk about the upside for the community. Imagine if we had ten thousand posse members. I don't think there's too many neighborhoods in in Marion County where you wouldn't have at least one or two posse members that exactly. are, are living in that area.
1: And everybody's just everybody's got each other's back and That's just right. watching it, out and making sure everything's it, going it, smooth. It gets
0: back to the, the the old town, you know, where there was a problem, they'd ring the bell and everybody'd come running. And we need to get back to that because we, we can't trust the government. The government's not gonna be there for us. The government is not gonna take care of us. And so we have to get back to taking care of ourselves and that's where this the posse can can be
3: very good so how does one qualify to be a member of your posse
0: well it would depend on what they wanted to do if they if they said well i you know i want to do police i want
3: to ride in one of those cars with the little lights and siren and play with that
0: well, uh, then, then there would be background checks, and there would be it, it would be probably just on a smaller scale, no different than if you wanted to be a, a sworn right. uh, peace officer again. But then you have that filter of the DPSST, and would they even allow you to do that, and certify that person? But the sheriff does have the authority to deputize people in emergencies, so that's definitely in place. Are these
3: fires that we're dealing with right now considered an emergency? Well, if if the sheriff is the chief executive officer in the county, determined that they were in his county or her county, then I guess they would be, yeah. Going back to the posse then, if if you needed somebody to to drive a bulldozer or to move the ground around to help these fires up, you would have a certain section of guys that are willing to do that and can do that?
0: Yes, we would put together a team of people that could work wildland fires and have uh, have training or experience. There's probably so many uh, people out there that have heavy equipment experience that just aren't connected they're not but they would love to do something like that and save lives at the same time and so there there there's so many upsides to that and so the sheriff should in their county organize these kind of things and think about the welfare of the community and plan for disasters and things that could happen absolutely
1: we've got a measure coming up measure 114 one fourteen. I said that kind of weird. Sorry. Yes, that's all right. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Measure one fourteen is basically. I think the only way to, to to say it is it. It's just it's gun control, in 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 the worst sense of, of the term. It's it's onerous and restrictive. You know, when the Constitution, the Second Amendment of the Constitution says these rights shall not be infringed, when it's referring to gun rights, uh, it's clear that that we have guns or we're. we're Lawful citizens can possess guns to protect themselves, to protect themselves from crime and other things, but also to protect themselves from a tyrannical government. Mm-hmm. Any restrictions on those rights is unconstitutional. Now, what 114, it does a lot of bad things, but basically it's um, a red tape nightmare. In other words, they are going to require things, if this passes, that they don't even have any infrastructure in place to deal with. Such as what? They require that you go to a law enforcement agency and you have a background check and you receive a permit before you can even go down and think about visiting your gun shop to buy a gun. See, that's an extra layer of things to do. It's extra expense. You're supposed to take a training class. They don't even have any training class written. They don't know what these training classes are going to be. Just as a as a citizen of this state, I'm tired of voting on things where they just throw stuff up against the wall and they haven't thought it through. They don't know what it's going to mean, but it just makes guns ownership so onerous and difficult that a lot of people are just going to opt out because it's too darn hard.
3: But the bad guys
0: aren't going to go through all that. Of course they're not and that's where the rub is. It has never been a good idea to restrict lawful rights of lawful citizens to try to fight crime because you're absolutely right. The the, the criminal element they're going to get their guns the same way they always have, mm-hmm. and they're not going to follow the rules. So restricting or making it more difficult for law-abiding citizens to, to possess
3: guns, it's just not a good idea, and it, doesn't, it just doesn't pencil out. I have my permit, but I had to go through a training class, and, and the, one of the gun shops in town, I don't remember which one it was, they offered that training class, and so I had to take that class before I was even allowed to apply for it. And isn't that what you're saying, that, they, that they're going to re- make that mandatory? Yes, but
0: but it's it, it's different layers. There's more mm-hmm. layers to it. In other words, uh, before you even get to the point where you're going to purchase a weapon, you have to go to a police agency. You have to take a, a safety class or a training class. You have to do a background with that agency and get a permit that allows you to go to the gun shop and do the same thing again.
1: Oh. And they don't have a time frame on that where you could go and take that safety course and they could wait months to even give you the okay to even allow you to go Correct. by. Or it could fall through the cracks and you never get that okay.
0: And then it also opens the door for something that we should never want to see is where the government creates a record of gun owners, a
3: record of ownership. And and it shouldn't be that way. There should be no record. All right, we need to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lulee Group, Lulee's Car Connection. Don Lulay Holmes, Teresa Lulay, State Farm Insurance, back in just a second.
2: You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM, AM, and FM. Brought to you today by The Lule Group. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM, AM, and FM. Brought to you today by The Lule Group. And like a good-
0: For car insurance, get the very best coverage with State Farm agent Teresa Lule in Salem. State Farm keeps you and your family covered with great auto insurance that's also a great value. Visit online at TeresaLule.com or on Facebook. Better yet, stop in the offices at 890 Commercial Street Southeast in Salem or call 503-378-1100.
3: We are back. This is our final few minutes of the Terry Saul Show. Our guest has been Paul Moore. Amanda's hanging out with us. been an interesting show.
1: Yeah, so I'd like to get into the homelessness issue before we let you out of here. Where do you stand with that?
0: Well, it's, it's a problem, as we're all aware, and it's a substantial problem. Um, I think the homeless issue has not been dealt with effectively. We spend millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think what it effectively has done is create a microculture in our state, and there's uh, no doubt executives that have high-paying jobs that run programs and such for the government. And there's think tanks and there's all kinds of stuff I'm sure that they do. But the reality is I don't see the money getting down to the street level. The problem has not gotten any better. And uh, when we spend a lot of money at something and it doesn't get any better, we don't see any movement in a positive direction. There's a problem.
1: And I think we're at an all-time high with that budget also. I think we're the highest we've ever been with our budget for the homelessness. And it's the worst it's ever been. It is
0: and and wrapped Why is that? Up. it's it's just not effective Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only way to, to put it effective programs work and you see change in a positive way and ineffective problem uh, programs don't and you know it, it's it, the, the, you know the government government likes to tell us things that aren't true or use half truths and to say that they you know they're working on the homeless problem or they're doing things it's just not true I mean I, I, I can go downtown Portland I can go downtown Salem I can walk around and see it you know I, I'm very careful where I step up from anywhere near a public park I don't want a syringe in the bottom of my foot or my shoe and so parents don't don't send their kids to the park to play anymore. They don't go outside. They're very selective where they go, and they're in fear, because wrapped up in the homeless issue is drug abuse, is mental health issues, is uh, crime, human trafficking, sex trafficking. It's all in that community, and and it's a scary thing. And anybody that thinks it's, it's humanitarian to allow citizens in our counties to live in squalor, in a homeless camp, it's the worst thing you could do. The reasonable, common sense, decent thing would be to shut these things down, and make sure that they don't ever open up again. And it's doable. You know, we all want to be compassionate. We want to help the homeless. And there's a certain segment of people, I believe, that are down on their luck and and they need help. A majority of the people in the homeless communities are, are not that way, I don't believe. There's a lot of crime. There's mental health issues. There's drug issues. There's so many issues in that community.
3: There's probably a lot more crime than what we even know about. 100%. Even well, right
0: absolutely. Uh, particularly with the sex trafficking and the human trafficking is prevalent. Nobody sees it. I don't know about all the lists. And, and you folks. But, you know, when I go by a homeless community, I roll my windows up and I just look straight ahead. I want to get get past it. It's not pleasant, but it's become part of our, our, our culture, part of our lives. And it shouldn't be that way. It's about a government serving themselves and not the people. It's about ineffective leadership. And so many of these issues can be fixed and they need to be fixed. Why
3: are they not being fixed? We're enabling it.
0: We enable it. The money allocated for these things doesn't get to the ground level where it helps. Mm -hmm. I know about you folks, but I pay more than my share of taxes. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to know that my money at least is going someplace where it's making a difference. The reality is that it's not. And we need to fund our sheriff's office and we need to send the sheriff out and say, okay, we need to fix these problems. And we need to do it with compassion and decency, but still we got to hold people accountable, and you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say we're not going to address a serious problem because we want to be compassionate. There's nothing compassionate about allowing people to live in squalor like that, and there's nothing compassionate about holding our citizens hostage so they can't send their kids to the park. They're afraid of uh, e- even walking around downtown because of the homeless issue and the mental health
3: issues. Yeah. My wife uh, wanted to go shopping the other day at Salem Center, and I refused to let her go because all around it is is just I don't want her parking the car and having to walk through. It's not safe. Yeah, it's just not safe. And she told me, she says, well, then you go with me. I go, I'm not going down there. Yep.
0: Well, it's <laughs> it's, not, uh-huh. it's not safe. And, and, and if you get back to the root of what, you know, a sheriff should do or what we need to do for the people is the first thing that the government needs to do for folks is they got to protect them. They have to keep them safe. And we live in an environment that's not safe. And it's not safe because these issues are not being addressed. And there are a lot of issues that they talk about. And I'll, I'll just tee it up. Uh, climate change or uh, global warming or whatever they call it now you know i don't think that's our primary issue in our society no when we have issues like homelessness and drug use and human trafficking and and our borders are porous and all these other issues that 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 happen but at the county level the county sheriff can have an effect on these things in a positive way. A county sheriff can stop, or at least have a huge impact in a positive way on a lot of these issues. And so, with regards to the homelessness, we want to be compassionate. We, you know, we're Americans. We love folks. We love our neighbors, and we want to root for the underdog. But that doesn't mean you don't hold people accountable, because when you don't hold people accountable for inappropriate actions, you're enabling them to continue on with what they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, we have to hold that line, and that means we enforce the laws on the books. We do the right thing. We don't allow govern government to step in and say that we can't, and that's and that's the job of a county sheriff, a constitutional sheriff.
3: One of the things you told us off the year was, which I was surprised, is that people that stand on corners uh, will work for food. That's illegal.
0: Yes, it's called solicitation on or near a public highway. I believe it's, uh, and I'll have to find it. It's a state statute, and they're not they're not allowed to do that. And they've been doing it forever, and uh, for many many years, and nobody stops them. I've seen uh, many many police officers drive right by. Uh, Uh, It's it's just like we don't have time for it. It, It's not on our radar. Whenever you allow things like that, it morphs into other things. I don't know what all is wrapped in and around that kind of stuff, the the begging, the solicitation stuff. But we have laws for a reason, and we need to enforce them.
1: My frustrating part with that is when you see them standing on those corners is they're literally standing in a pile of trash that they're creating. They're just making a mess of things.
3: With their cell phone in
1: hand. It's just it comes down to accountability, holding them accountable for their actions. I agree.
0: Yeah, Accountability is a huge is it should be our primary focus, uh, because if we if we have no accountability, we can't keep the citizens safe. And if we can't keep people safe, then there's no foundation upon which to build anything or do anything meaningful. Amen. Safety is is absolutely critical.
3: We are running out of time here. What is uh, real quickly? What is your current take on the current situation with the sheriff's office in Marion County? without getting yourself into too much trouble.
0: Well, I want to say that uh, anybody that, that uh, makes a career in law enforcement, as the sheriff clearly has, is a hero, and uh, I believe him to be a good man. When people don't do the things that they can do to help, or they don't utilize their positions to the, the, the best advantage, then I think it's reasonable to comment on that, and and that's what I'm doing, but I will never intentionally disrespect the sheriff. He is our, our sheriff in this county, and um, I believe him to be an honorable man and a decent person, but there are, and, and as far as the running of the department i think he does a good job with that from what i've heard these other issues are clearly not being addressed and he has the authority to do it there's a lot of business owners and a lot of citizens that want to know why their sheriff is not standing up for them why the sheriff is not present and why the sheriff will not will, will not advocate for them
3: uh paul will you come back and join us again i'd love to have a thousand more questions i know amanda does too would you come back and join us yes again? i will i'd love to All do right. that paul moore has been our guest today and your website is?
0: It's more4mcSheriff.com. That's M-O-O-R-E, the number 4, M-C-Sheriff.com.
3: And, Amanda, you'll be back and join us again sometime? Yes,
1: absolutely. Thanks for coming in, Paul. I appreciate you
0: it. but It was an honor. Thanks for having
1: me.
3: Mm-hmm. We are just about out of time for today's show. Remember, you can catch our show every Saturday at 10 a.m. and a replay Sundays at 6 p.m. right here on Salem's original radio station, KSLM. A reminder, if you missed any of today's show or would like to hear any of my shows, you can always hear a podcast on our official KSLM website at www.kslm.news or on my official website at www.terrysall.com. If you would like to drop me a note, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is terry at KSLM.news. We'll see you next time. Take care and be safe. Hey, this is Terry Saul, Saltesimo. Are you in the market for a new car? Well, if so, I encourage you to do what I do. Head down to Lulez Car Connection. Lulez has been selling quality vehicles for over 30 years. Lulez brokers any new vehicle selling within dealer invoice. Check this out. Lulez has financing with most major lenders and credit unions. So do what I do. Stop by Lulez Car Connection located at 2055 Mission Street in Salem and tell them Saltesimo sent you.
2: Lulez Car Connection. You've been listening to The Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is brought to you by The Lule Group, featuring Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Holmes, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. That's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Good show.
3: Bye, everybody.